We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our Monday version the game plan and welcome back live and in living color though are we ever technically live on a podcast toby Rowland, what's going on t-row how was orlando orlando was good we won two games there uh flights went good um it was a good trip that was a good trip that was a much needed road series victory for ou in the rpi chase in the late season, keeping momentum rolling quest. Um, I think they, I think they played really good baseball against a team that can really pitch it. I mean, that's a central Florida team that had a team ERA at, at three and uh, had stolen over a hundred bases this year. <laughs> they have beaten the number one team in the nation, Florida twice. They've beaten Miami. They've beaten Virginia. Um, they've, they're a good team. They're an NCAA tournament, probably a two seed UCF is. And for OU to go in there and not just win the series, but to suffer the heartache that they did on Friday night, losing in 14 innings and still come back and win the next two was, that showed me some toughness out of this team. So, um, I think I think it was a really positive weekend for OU baseball. It was pretty cool because on my side, uh, I had the Big 12 championship, and of course the Sooners did it again. Their sixth tournament Big 12 championship. They're the four seed heading into the NCAA tournament. I like the regional, uh, but we'll get into that in a bit. Savannah Long and I were on the broadcast, and we were laughing about how a year ago 
on this weekend was I and I at least matched up with when we played TCU because here we were in the press box on Friday night following this crazy game that ended up going 14 innings and you take the lead and you think you've got it uh, secured and we're on the air so I can't listen to you. Uh, I couldn't find a video feed so I'm following like GameCast and you just you see the heartbreak of the way that it finished and I, I had to laugh because it was legitimately like a, a year to the date whenever you guys had played TCU and we had played a game in Oklahoma City and we're following along. So something about this May mid-May weekend, Toby, has generated some incredible games when we're at the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, that was a, a great, great college baseball game on Friday oh. night. And for Oklahoma to lose it, um, I really worried that it would cost them more than one game. Uh, they, you know, for those who don't know, um, it was three to three after the fifth inning, and nobody scored again until the 14th. OU went nine consecutive, uh, it was eight or nine consecutive innings without a hit in the middle of that game. Their bullpen and relief, OU's bullpen and relief, uh, Jake Irvin was dynamite. It seemed like I don't know, three or four times UCF had the winning run at third and they got out of a jam. Oh, you did. And then Cade Cavalli, God bless him. He's having a rotten night. I mean, he struck out three times. He's over for the night. It seems like he hasn't come close to hitting a baseball. I mean, he's just, he's completely fooled by everything that comes to the plate in the 14th inning. He squares one up and hits it out. I mean, way out. <laughs> and you thought, what a story. What a what a moment for this kid. What a story this is. OU hasn't given up a run in 10 innings. They're not going to give one up now. And lo and behold, they give up two uh, to lose it in the bottom of the 14th. And I went back to the team hotel that night and parents and players and coaches in the lobby and in the elevator and in the team room, all of them look like they'd just seen a ghost, you know, and um. And I probably did, too, to be honest with you, because that that was a five hour baseball game that they lost in the most heartbreaking of ways. And they got to the park the next day and Levi Prater was great. And they and uh, Kyler Murray was great all weekend and they won. And then they came back Sunday and, and won again. And I'll tell you, it, it Sunday was the first rubber game we've had all year, Chris which is amazing. It's the 11th weekend series of the year. And it's the first time all year that the first two games have been split. Either OU has been going for a sweep or trying to avoid a sweep on Sunday all year long. So that in and of itself was an amazing stat, but even more amazing, I think is the fact that OU hasn't lost a rubber game in well, they had won 11 straight, dating back to 2015. So it's 12 straight now since they won Sunday. Wow. And we're talking about, you know, TCU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. Uh, some, there are a couple of non-conference series in there, but most of them are Big 12 series. And they're going on four years now when a series goes to Sunday undecided and OU has won 
12 in a row, which is uh, pretty crazy. I mean, that spans a couple of coaches there and a whole lot of players, but um, they continued it on Sunday with another another fine performance. All right, let's uh, let's get a couple of baseball notes out of the way, then we'll talk about Kyler. For those of you that can only focus on football, we got you covered here in a bit. Um, but Devin Perez coming in on Saturday, I know it wasn't long, two innings, but I, I think we've talked about this a lot, Toby. When you get to super regional play, it's not always just your one, two, and three starters. You sometimes have to go four and five deep. Uh, it, it's a baby step, but towards his confidence and getting where he wants to be, do we overblow a little bit on Saturday, or is it is it good? Is it a good step in the right direction for him? I guess maybe my point is it's an obvious good step, but am I making too much of it? No, I don't think so. I think it's. Um, I think we saw a couple of positive things about the bullpen this week, and one of them certainly was Devin, who for now is uh, with as well as Levi Prater's pitching, his role right now is long relief, middle relief. And he came in on Saturday and pitched very well in that role, which means despite losing his starting job, his head's in the right place. And even more importantly, that's a very valuable piece for this team. If they've got a guy who can, who's a, a right-handed arm with experience who they could bring out of the bullpen and eat up innings, you know, not just a batter or an inning, but he could go for a while if you right. need him to. So that's that's a important piece. Now, when you get into Big 12 tournament play or NCAA regional, sometimes you need that fourth or fifth starter. And you've got a guy like Devin Perez sitting there who's certainly capable of doing that. They can start to build his confidence back in the bullpen. And, and maybe there are there's still a heroic moment for him ahead on down the line. The other thing is Kyle Tyler has become a monster for this team. And you saw it because you called a couple of Tuesday games, but he was the Sunday guy for the first half of the year and sputtered and lost his Sunday job to Nathan Wiles and got bumped back to the midweek and started pitching great on the midweek. Now we've run out of midweek games. Right. So he's been put in the bullpen as a, a guy that they can bring in in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning, you know, as a setup man. And he has been phenomenal. He pitched twice this weekend and was unhittable. And that just uh, – and that adds to what he did last weekend when he was similar to that. So they've added a couple of pieces to their bullpen here in Devin Perez and Kyle Tyler to some already really good pieces they had out there, like Connor Berry and Austin Hansen, Braden Fink. And all of a sudden that, that uh, pitching staff – including the bullpen, is looking really salty here down the stretch. Um, all right. Uh, and by the way, Cade Harris has been phenomenal, Toby. I didn't get a chance to look at his numbers this week, and I think I saw the stat you had thrown out, which was, what, uh, 53 hits, 53. It's just it's incredible the consistency yeah. that he's had. And, and the, the thing that's amazing about Cade is here is a guy that was playing third base last year or it bounced and, and they couldn't really find a spot for him consistently and now he's your everyday left fielder he's developed into that kind of sooner weapon I mean 
the Eric Rosses, the Craig Akins, those guys have just always found a way to get on base. And I tell you what, I think he's one of the key figures heading into the postseason. I mean, we talk about Kyler Murray. We talk about, obviously, Steel Walker, who's probably going to be a first-round pick. But, man, Cade Harris has had himself some season. He really has, and I think he's probably headed to be a high draft pick, too. Really? Um, you know, first I, – I, I don't know, but first seven, eight rounds, maybe higher than that it's after this year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could be underselling it there. I don't know. But um, he had a couple more walks on Sunday and another run scored. He's in the neighborhood. I'm not looking at the stats right now, but 55 walks, 55 runs scored, and um, – uh, oh, what's the other uh, category? It's uh, they're all right there together. Walks, runs scored. RBI and, uh, was it RBIs? Here, I'll, I'll pull. Uh, no, that's not it. But anyway, he's he's having a he's having a great year. It might be hits. I think it is hits. He's got 53, 55 hits, fifty five walks, fifty five runs scored. I believe. So um, yeah, no, you're he's right. been a perfectly you're perfect right. leadoff man. Yeah. I mean, he gets on base. I can't tell you how many times this year. Cade Harris was let off an inning. Brandon Zaragoza's bunted him to second. Steel Walker and Kyler Murray drive him in. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's a machine. So um, he's an extremely valuable piece and a, and a fast outfielder with a good arm. For those that aren't familiar, uh, baseball and softball players of that tend to be a superstitious bunch. So with the development of the rally zoo, Toby, you might have about 30 stuffed animals in your booth by the time all is said and done. And I and I hear we had to make a, a, a saving catch on one of them. Did Tyler Pig have to go platoon to save one of the members of the rally zoo? Yeah, the bear uh, fell out the window <laughs> on uh, Friday night. And so uh, I, the ironically named Tyler Pig had to go down into the crowd and uh, rescue it for us. Fortunately, he didn't injure anyone. But it's been fun. I, I hope we have uh, 50 of them, but, you know, I, Sooner fans keep adding to the rally zoo. So I welcome your additions. We've got a we got a, a bear, a rhinoceros, and a leopard so far. So bring it. The more, the better. They're 5-1, they're and one, and the only game they've lost so far went to 14 innings. So I think it's working. All right, uh, I know you got a lot of stuff to get to, but before we wrap up in this rather quick edition of the game plan, take me through what's been the buzz around Kyler. I mean, five RBIs on, what, Saturday. He's just really seen the ball well. Anyone who questioned his decision to decide to play baseball looks absolutely foolish right now. But with that in mind, what's kind of the talk about draft day and, and maybe his future on the gridiron T-Rows? Has it brought up much? Well, not on the not in the dugout and not on the team, but by everyone else on the planet, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think sooner football fans are nervous and probably honestly rightfully so. I, I think if I had to guess, I would guess that he'll play football this year. But he is having the kind of season that has opened eyes across the country. And this weekend, he had two home runs, had two doubles. Um, he was the star of the series. And we're talking about two really good teams. And, um, you know, and he was in front of a whole new group of scouts, all the East Coast scouts this weekend. Wow. So he's going to – it is not a question now. He is going to be – unless he shuts it down and says, I'm not coming out, 
you know, if he does that, if he comes out and says, I'm playing football, I'm not coming out of the draft, don't waste your time, then he won't go high. But if he doesn't do that, he's a top three round pick and probably a top two round pick. And it is not out of the realm of possibility that he's a number one round pick. Um, I don't need to go over all his strengths, but he's up to uh, nine home runs and 44, 45 RBIs now on the year and uh, with speed and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know what he can do. So um, it is becoming with every passing week an increasingly interesting, nerve-wracking decision that is in (laughs) front of him and is in front of Lincoln Riley and this OU football program. Again, based on what I've heard, not from Kyler, but from people around Kyler, I think that he'll play football. Um, the possibility is that he could sign a baseball contract and say, and, and reach an agreement with the team that before he comes to play for them, he's going to go play football. That's a possibility that's been done before. Uh, usually that comes with a discount of some sort. If a, if a baseball team is going to let you do that, they're going to want to sign you for a, a little less money. So it's fascinating. Um, I think it is an incredible athlete, but I don't know that I've ever quite seen a position like this. I mean, we're talking about the starting quarterback at the university of Oklahoma, probably the starting quarterback. And you're not a hundred percent sure he's going to be there in the fall. So I can totally understand why people are nervous because this kid, when he, whenever it is, Whenever he decides to be a full-time baseball player, and I think that's you know pretty much what everybody agrees his future is, he could be a big leaguer, Chris. Wow. I mean, he could play in the he could play in the bigs. He's got power, he's got speed, he's got an arm, he, he's got a developing eye that has seen very little, you know, major Division One pitching, and he's playing like this. So um, <laughs> I know there are a lot of nervous people at the Switzer center and among sooner fans. And all I can say is I, and I hope most people agree with me here. I want what's best for him. Yeah. And I think, I think he's taking his time and considering all the facts and he'll do that. And the draft is not far away now. So I think we'll probably know sometime here in the next, you know, month or so what his intentions are. Still Walker is going to be a first round pick too, right? What about Jake? I mean, not to get caught up in draft talk, because we do have at least two more podcasts before the summer break, but uh, Jake Irvin, I mean, are we still looking at a potential first round for Steel Walker as well? Uh, without a doubt for Steele, uh, he's a potential, I think top two rounds for sure. And, and first round is, is likely. Uh, I think Jake Irvin will also be a high draft pick. This okay. is going to be con- uh, considering what um, or taking into consideration what happens with Kyler. Uh, it's got a potential to be one of the best drafts for OU uh, in a while. I mean, there's a, I don't want to bring, I hope all these guys come back because all these guys we're talking about are juniors, <laughs> but listen, Austin, Austin Hansen's throwing the ball. 95, 96, 97 miles an hour right now, he's going to get taken at some point in the single-digit rounds probably. And like I said, Cade Harris too. So there's a, a another guy that's not playing a lot right now is this Lane Lane Ramsey, 
is six eight, and he's throwing at 95, 96, 97. And so there's some guys that are that are probably going to go. This is going to be as good of a draft for OU as they've had in a while. Just say that. All right, buddy. I, I know you're busy. Thanks for finding time, and uh, have a great call this weekend up in Lawrence. And uh, man, just enjoy the home stretch here for the college baseball season. It's always fun. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, from baseball to softball, the Oklahoma Sooners, as expected, are in the big dance. As expected, they're one of the top eight seeds. Number four overall, so still maybe a little bit low, but Patty Gasso during last night's selection show broke down just how comfortable she is with this team and how excited she is for the postseason. You know, I really don't need to do much. They have a lot of experience. They've been there. They've done that. They love to play. They love to win. So there's not a lot I need to do to prepare them because they've been there. So uh, I just try to stay out of their way and enjoy it just like everybody else. Uh, the numbers have been pretty impressive over the last uh, few years for Paige Parker. How do you put into perspective what she has been able to accomplish and what this pitching staff is still capable of now as you move into the tournament? You know, it's been pretty amazing to see these pitchers work. Um, Paige is, seems, I think everybody feels like she's been in college forever, uh, and she just keeps getting better every year. So that's the beauty of what you see with Paige and with Paige Lowry, Mariah, and the rest. They just um, they complement each other very well. They've had a lot of experience this season. Uh, again, they just complement each other very well. They're a very tight-knit group, so it works really well for us. I know hitting is a family affair at uh, Oklahoma with your son on your staff. Um, what have you appreciated the most about the improvements that the Sooners continue to make and about the impact that uh, your, your uh, precocious freshman has had on this team? Uh, you know, they're, uh, they work very hard with JT um, daily, and we spend a lot of time on hitting. Uh, the team is they swing it. They, they have done a better job of, of finding the strike zone and hitting pitches that they want. Um, but they are also very capable of, of attacking our game plan. So it's angle downs and all the rest. So they, they're doing a really good job of just creating runs and making things happen. But uh, throughout the lineup, they're pretty tough. Precocious, by the way, having developed certain abilities at an earlier age than usual, uh, indicative of early development. So, in other words, what Beth Moan is trying to say, uh, this slugger who has exploded onto the scene as a true freshman. Here's what the schedule looks like for this week. Oklahoma will host Boston on Friday night at 6 o'clock. We'll be on the air on the Sooner Radio Network with a 545 pregame show. Interestingly enough, Boston is one of the three losses the Sooners have had this season, Arizona, Oregon, and Boston. No excuses. That was the trip in Las Cruces, New Mexico, where weather affected the start of the game, game one. Uh, they didn't end up playing Ball State, whom they were supposed to start with. That game got completely postponed. They ended up playing Boston. The Sooners were just beaten down by the flu bug and lost in fairly dramatic fashion to Boston U. It's a really good softball team. It's not just about the Sooners having a lost a, lost a game whenever they had a lot of people that were under the weather. It's about having lost to a very feisty team, and Boston had a great season. So 
No free pass in the first game for the Sooners. The other game, the preceding game on Friday, is Missouri versus Tulsa. It's the 86th straight year. Tulsa has been in the Norman Regional. I kid. But, of course, Tulsa was on the verge of eliminating Oklahoma last year when Sooner Magic struck, the home run by Kaylee Clifton, the walk-off by Sid Romero. And Missouri, I mean, that's where you got Paige Lowry from and Parker Conrad. Missouri, probably the most undeserving team in the big dance right now. They did not even make their conference tournament. So four incredible teams with unique storylines and ties to Oklahoma. Sooners will get underway at 6, preceded by Missouri and Tulsa at 3.30. If the Sooners win, they'll play Saturday at 4 o'clock. If they lose, they'll play Saturday at 6.30 with the potential for another game Saturday night at 9. And then, of course, there's Championship Sunday, 4 o'clock and potentially 6.30. If you want tickets, too bad. How about this? The Norman Regional already sold out. So kudos to the Sooner fan base who sold out tickets. But we'll have you covered on the Sooner Radio Network. And again, these games getting some good TV. ESPN 2 on Friday night for Game 1. TV will be determined after the game on Friday. And then, of course, we'll be able to lay that out for you on hopefully uh, the broadcast over the weekend. But until then, I mean, what what an incredible run for the Sooners. The number four overall national seed. They've got an intriguing potential super regional matchup, but they've set things up where if they're going to win their third straight national championship, fifth in program history, they don't even have to leave the state. How intriguing, fun, well set up is that. Congratulations to Coach, uh, Coach Gasso and her crew on an amazing season. Thanks to Toby Rowland. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks as always for downloading and subscribing to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until Friday's tailgate edition, this is Chris Plank signing off and saying Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.